This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or financial, or any other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of any existing agency agreement. back to the show guys today we are joined by Jen and Jeff Nelson they're gonna tell us how to be better with our money um, of course uh, thank you guys for listening uh, if you're listening and not subscribed make sure to do so that way you get notified as soon as an episode drops and of course leave us a five-star review those are the best ones and we do appreciate it uh, and yeah Jen Jeff thanks so much for joining us thank thanks you so much this. for having us we're excited sweet so tell us a little bit about yourselves the general question to get things started. Yeah. Just tell, tell us a little bit about you guys. Scoop. Yeah, give us the Break scoop. Break the ice. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. So, um, do you want just general? Or yeah. Do you want yeah. Tell us your deepest, darkest secret. Okay. <laughs> we want to know it all. So when I was yeah. five. <laughs> so I was an electrician. Okay. Um, did that for 16 years in the field. 15 years, and then I was in office to learn some project management, business, um, and obviously 19 years later, looking for change, so I uh, was introduced to finance and decided to give it a shot. It was a lot to learn, obviously, but um, for sure, it, man, the amount of stuff that they don't teach you is no. mind-boggling. So it's been a really cool learning experience, but also now being able to teach that stuff to other people is really kind of our passion. Love that. Definitely. Love that. Did you uh, did you have a mentor that introduced you? Kind of. Someone we were in business with before. Okay. Um, she actually wanted Jen, and I was the one. <laughs> she got the one. So then we all worked on Jen for a year and a half, and Love that. joined me in business, and it's been great. Yeah. Sweet. Was there something that like I noticed like even when I when I transitioned to real estate, I always wanted to do it, and then there was this one thing that I was like, hey, now I'm doing it. Was that was it like that for you, or did you were you just ready the whole time kind of thing? Yeah, I was pretty much ready to go. Cool. I mean, I was looking for something else. I was looking for something to allow me to have my own time freedom and, nice. and being able to help people. Um, and this just was a good fit. Like I'm a numbers nerd. I got math on my glasses. <laughs> and, so I love it, it just man. made sense. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And Jen, how about yourself? Yeah, I actually spent 15 years in the fitness industry. Um, that was how we ended up coming to know each other. It's kind of funny, you know, people ask, like, how did you go from fitness to finance? But I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded. Like Austin probably knows, like, I hated working for somebody. It might have been obvious, I don't know. <laughs> hated working for somebody. I was always very entrepreneurial. Um, and yeah, they, they tried to kind of bring me in and I just thought this is not for me. Finance is not for me. Numbers are not for me. Um, but what was for me was the idea of helping people, teaching people, giving people a different shot at life, um, those kinds of things that was. And I actually got to a place in my own life where I just was frustrated. I had had enough, kind of same idea. I was finally open to the idea that I could do something different and I really didn't know if it would be for me or not. But at that point it was like, you know what, let's take a leap and a jump and see what I think. And so I, I very reluctantly agreed to take a look into <laughs> what it would look like to do this as a career um, and just completely fell in love. And cool. so I literally jumped from one to the other and we I haven't looked back since. 
Cool. Sorry if I missed it, but was it like like what was the like gap in between, or did like you relatively start around the same time, or? He started a year and a half before I did, yeah, okay. but a year and a half. Two years for me at this point. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, it's been a cool. been a journey. Sweet. Cool. Right on. Yeah, and for me, it was. Yeah, it took them a while. They had to. They had to work me a little bit. Me a Persistency. They wore me hey. down, and um, actually, you guys. As parents, if you'd find this funny too, tired mom, you know, we have two girls. And <laughs> I, he waved, he dangled a little carrot in front of my face, you know, come and support me, be the supportive spouse. And I had attended some events and things cool. like that. Come support me. And uh, so I agreed to go with him to this trip to Alberta to go see what they were doing and why they were doing it, that kind of stuff. And all he dangled in front of me was like four days on our own without the kids. You're like, uh, my bag's already packed. Yeah, exactly. Like like, where do I, I have like to it. be? Where do I have to show up? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I showed up and went just thinking I was going to support him and instead found this incredible community of other agents and being able to help people and all the things and realized it was something I could really do. And so I literally jumped from finance into, or sorry, from fitness into finance and I think what's interesting with that, and this isn't necessarily, you know, related to, you know, how you guys got into it, but it kind of is. I think when people think about making a leap to something different, they're like, oh my God, I have so much to, to lose. But in the back of your head, you're like, you know, I try this out for a little bit and it doesn't work out. I have all this experience in that thing I was doing exactly. before. And some people might be nervous by that, but in reality, it's like all of that experience will be useful if it doesn't work out, I know you don't want to think about it like that, but it's like, worst case, I just go back to what I was doing before. Yeah. Um, you always want to make sure plan A works. Don't get me wrong. Like that's a different mind frame and mindset, but all of that experience will, you know, help you when you're on to that next part of the journey. Totally. Yeah. And like major awesome. kudos to you guys. The fact that you guys are together and you just made that jump together. I know it's like one person will try this. The other person stays back. Like, I, I think that's awesome. Like commendable. That's huge. Yeah, and I have to say, too, like with what you said, especially because so much of my background is working with people on mindset and all those kinds of things, you often do talk to people who are very terrified that something, a leap might not work out in yeah. their life. Mm -hmm. And I'll actually, I will work with people on that in terms of like, well, what's the worst case, like what's worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that happens? And for a lot of people where they're at in their life, they're already in their worst case scenario. They yeah. already hate what they do. They already yeah. don't like True. where they're at. You know, they're already in a ton of debt. They're already in this very frustrated place. And like, was this the best case scenario? No. Well, then if you take that leap, go see what happens, right? And like you said, then you can go back or if you, if you need to, right? Yeah. And I think she'll piggybacking off of that is yeah. I don't think people are necessarily afraid of, you know, failing. They're afraid of other people seeing them fail. Mm. Yeah, if that makes sense, true. I guess that per true. perceived. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if you just kind of put your head down and make it work and, and just kind of go all into it and just give it some time and see what happens, you'd be shocked what happens on the other side. Yeah. Uh, but enough Tony Robbins stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, talk to us a little bit about exactly what you guys do and how you can help people and uh, then we'll kind of go into de deeper detail with that. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, there's a couple of different ways we can help people. I mean, we're building an agency, but um, really, the, the focus is, you know, helping people understand money. That's number one, because there's such a gap in education that we discussed. And there's so many tips and tricks and, and ways you can make your money work so hard for you and get yourself so, so much further ahead. And when you talk to people, the average person just doesn't, they don't have the knowledge. Yeah. They, don't, they haven't been given the opportunity. So right. that's what we're here to do. Just educate, 
open people's eyes to what's out there and, and help them, you know, succeed. And, you know, worst case scenario, you can at least, you know, retire with dignity. Which really yeah. Because really <laughs> hey. mm-hmm. that's Fair. huge. Fair. Yeah. yeah. The Absolutely. stat in Canada right now is that over 90% of people will retire at or below poverty. So when you really stop and let that stat hit you, it's insane. And so really for us, it's the mission of being part of changing that and giving people the education and then actually giving them the tangibles of this is the kind of account you need. This is what kind of investment you need. This is what you need, right? Doing that side of it, but really helping to change those stats in Canada and and help Canadian families. Cool. Is there like a specific age range that you guys target or is it kind of like wherever you're at in life, we're ready to help you? Option B. Cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah it's, it, we don't care how old you are. We don't care how much money you've got. I mean, education, and then let's make a plan together. And the cool thing is that we want we want people involved in their own plan because if we just tell them what to do and they go and do it and they they don't really see the big vision, they don't right. follow through necessarily. Yeah, because they don't get it. Whereas if they help to make the decisions, determine the plan with our guidance, and and they're that much more involved, they're way more likely to follow through. Nice. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So what are like what are a few pieces of advice you would give right off the bat? And you don't have to go too deep into all the things you talk about, but what are some of the things right away that you like to help people understand? I think understanding accounts and how they work is super important. Okay. Understanding the tax system, right? At least on a basic level, mm-hmm. is important. Um, and understanding what's available to, to everybody in terms of right. government incentives. Uh, there's different programs out there. Um, there's so much, but yeah, those yeah. are kind of the basics. I think the number one thing for me too when it comes to actually sitting down and working with people sitting across the table from somebody who's maybe never sat with an advisor or maybe they had really not a great experience with an advisor Mm -hmm. is the understanding for them that it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter you know how like Jeff kind of just said it doesn't matter how much money you have we can make things different for you and having that kind of like rapport and trust that it's okay if you're in debt. It's okay if you have no idea what these accounts are. It's okay because we can change that moving forward with you. And so it doesn't really matter where someone's at. It matters where they want to go and it's our job to help them get there. And I think like just tying into it from a real estate standpoint, I mean, Austin can attest to this too, is like so many times in real estate, that's what we hear from people is like, I'd like this, but like I'm I'm in a different place in life that I'll probably never get there. And I'm like, well, you know what? You probably you might be able to get there. Mm-hmm. And just bringing light to that, I think, is huge from your guys' standpoint. So that's cool. I think I think piggybacking off that too. I think so many people, and you know, we always talk about how expensive things are, inflation, and I think that also echoes why it's important to have a plan and work yeah. with somebody like you guys. But I feel like so many people just go through kind of the the days and weeks and then year goes by, two years goes by, then you're 30, close to 40, you know, closer to retiring than you were to starting working. And it's like, okay, where did all that time go? What exactly happened? And um, they don't have that plan in place and maybe they do have to, you know, continue to work or, you know, heaven forbid everything else that could possibly happen. So yeah, exactly. Like where do people start? I think a lot of people too, as, as you start to, as they start to get older, they get more and more afraid. And then it's kind of that yeah. thing where like, they don't want to rip off that bandaid. They don't want to uncover their eyes. They don't want to look at what That's their situation actually looks like. Where part of what we do is, is we show them those numbers. We actually will break down, what do you need for retirement? What will that look like? What can we do? What are the tangible steps to get you there? And then work with really anybody on actually getting them through those steps, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a huge piece of, of how we help people kind of do cool. that and just look at their situation as, you know, 
you're not as far away as you think you might be, right? Yeah, like when it comes to purchasing huge. a home, for yeah. example, yeah. right? People are like, I'm never going to be able yeah. to. Well, let's look at what this actually yeah. looks like for yeah. you. I think that's such a big mindset thing too, because I mean, I say this, but there's so many times in my life too where I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm too far down this road. I'm just not going to explore mm -hmm. something else. So, no, I think that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely easy to stick your head in the sand and, and just old habits die hard, as they yeah. say. So if that's what you've always done, it's hard to change, and sometimes it's an uncomfortable conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. When it comes to uh, children, because I mean, you guys have children of your own, mm -hmm. how would you advise people to educate their children, or what is kind of some of the steps that you guys have taken with your children? Yeah. Where do you Where do you start? Yeah. <laughs> I love this topic. This yeah. Topic. I, think, oh, I, I, I see. I see your. I see your Instagram stories all the time, and you're like, "Oh, I was just teaching, you know, uh, my kids about X or Y," and yeah. it's like, "Okay, like I didn't learn about that until I was like, you know, graduated." You know what I mean? And it, it yeah. sounds cliche, but you're that's a way to educate and that's a way to get in front of it is have those conversations earlier. Yeah. yeah, the big thing is to, I mean, obviously you're gonna know your kids, you're gonna know where they're at mentally in terms of what they're gonna understand. Just ask simple questions, see if they start picking it up. Like our youngest one, she was eight and a half, maybe nine at the time and teaching a rule of 72 and <laughs> I think you ended up getting through to her with like hearts. Yeah. And it was like, you put your heart in this basket and it makes more hearts and just, just simple cool. ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What make it relatable to them and, and what they're interested in too. Um, there's always ways to, to cross that bridge and they're not gonna get it all and that's okay, but having those conversations and yes. having them know that they can come to you and ask you questions and gets them more interested. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, look, I don't know what you guys grew up with, but I know that our parents' generation dealt with money very differently as did their parents' generations. Yep. And so, so many of us are now finding that our parents didn't teach us anything, not because they didn't love us and didn't want to, yeah. but they didn't know what to teach us. They didn't know how to teach us. And for my family, it was very much like, you don't talk about money, you don't talk about finance. It's such a taboo subject. So naturally wanting to raise our kids differently, we've gone such a different direction where it's talked about at the dinner table. It's talked yeah. about you know, the different types of ways of earning an income, the different ways that you can have jobs, the different things you can do. Like, we talk about all of it, really. And so I think that would be the number one for me is just open the conversation. You don't need to, like, you know, lay your, your T4s and all the things yeah. out in front of your kids by any stretch, <laughs> but, like, start having the conversations with them. You know, start talking about even just what things like active and passive yeah. income are, certain accounts are, that kind of stuff. Just starting to have different conversations mm -hmm. with your kids starts to change things. Yeah, I think uh, a couple couple different parts of that. I definitely think it's good to have that conversation earlier and start to ex you know explain those things. You talk about parents and grandparents, like you know it's it's cliche in our world. It's the you know somebody was buying their first place and you know dad or grandpa are like ah just wait till prices come down. I bought my I bought my place for fifteen grand and it's yeah, like yeah. that was seventy years ago. Yeah. Thanks so much. Like it it, 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 it sounds cliche, but yeah. you know it's I I mean I would love it if detached homes came down to six came back down to 12 or 15 grand, but uh, I don't know, they're like 10 times that, 100 times, or it would be 100 times that yeah, yeah. now, at the entry level one. But anyway, so yeah, it's just a different philosophy. It used to be all about save, save, save. And now it's like, how can I make my money work for me in order to beat inflation, get in front of things, as opposed to just you know keep it all for a rainy day and just know, think that everything will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And just, I think go back to the kids for a second, just how to explain things to them. As simple as, once they start bringing in some money, how to manage that. Right, when yes. It comes in, like, how much yeah. do you save? How much do you invest? How much are you allowed to spend? Because 
I grew up, I made I made money and I was never allowed to touch it and spend it. So then you get this problem of, oh, I can spend all my money now. Yeah. Right? So I'm an adult. Right? Um, so I think that's super important. And then that investment piece opens up a new conversation because, our, again, our youngest one, her money is currently invested in a jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she tells people. Yeah. And so like, she, she loves the concept. Doesn't totally get it, yeah. but, but right that's mindset, okay. Like, right? So you guys aren't so. topping that jar off for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the jar works. Yeah. No, because that's just that's, a slippery slope. Yeah, no, I yeah. You're 70 sneaking in, putting money in. Yeah. 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 We do silly things with them, though. Yeah. Like she was gonna lend her sister money, and I said, "Well, you need to you need to charge your sister interest if you're right. gonna lend her that yeah. twenty. Yes. You know." And yes. so then it's a conversation. Well, what exactly is interest? What right. exactly am I charging? Her? How is this interest compounding? Yeah. What's it compounding at? Like we have these silly that's conversations with them now, right? And then. Our oldest, who's 15, she's got her first job, and so she's very excited about that. And so, she, as she's starting to get paid, exactly, we're starting to have the conversation. Of, what are all these deductions? Yeah. <laughs> Where's all of my yeah, money going? Yeah, exactly. I work so hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome to yeah. adulting, kiddo. And exactly that the conversation of okay, you're going to pay X amount, so X goes into a savings account, X goes into a checkings account, you know, X is going to get invested for you. Yeah. And then having her be in on what it looks like to have her money invested in, what is it invested in, what percentage is it invested at, like all those sorts of things or conversations we're having. I think it's also really important to just like reflect and review. So what I mean by that is it's like, you know, if you're finding that maybe you're just going through the motions of, you know, living and, you know, things are expensive, all that kind of stuff, sit down one day and review your last three, six, 12 months of spending. Mm -hmm. And it is eye-opening huge um wow how many times did i order food i spent that much on clothes every single time probably didn't need that many concert tickets or just all of those other kind of extracurricular things it you when you look at it and add it up especially on like a long enough time horizon you're like okay maybe that home that i wanted to save up for or Mm -hmm. whatever else i was hoping to get into um maybe it's closer than you think Mm -hmm. right or Ten dollar coffees and you know, <laughs> yeah. a couple times a day. Yeah, oh yeah. I feel attacked because I'm drinking a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven dollar coffee better taste good. Yeah, That's a great example. This, yeah. this yeah. was just a coffee, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, I want you to explain something for the listeners. I sure. want you to explain the rule of seventy-two because you mentioned it. Sure. Yeah. So the rule of seventy-two basically it's going to teach you roughly how long it's going to take for your money to double. Okay. So you take seventy-two and you divide it by whatever your rate of return is. Let's say 10% for easy math, 7.2. So that's 7.2 years. If you're getting 10% annual every year, your money's going to double. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple little trick. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really, that's really huge for people. Because yeah. then they can put something to, like if they know, hey, I'm getting 5% on this, I know it's going to be about 14 years before the money's going to double. Right? That's right. And that's assuming no additional contributions. Yeah. That's correct. So, yeah, no, that's really good. Let's dive a little bit deeper and kind of go through the ins and outs and like the process of, okay. I'm Austin. I come sit down with you guys. What does my first initial meeting or my consult look like? You know, what are the questions you're asking? Uh, And then how do we go from there? Yeah, so when we sit down with people, it's it's obviously a bit situational and dependent if we're sitting with one individual, if we're sitting with a couple, Mm -hmm. if we're sitting with a family, what that looks like. But we're always going to sit down and talk to people about where they're currently at, what their goals and dreams, aspirations are, why are we sitting down, are we looking at estate planning, retirement strategies, we're looking at life insurance strategies, we're looking at, you know, general saving strategies, what is it that that person wants to create? Um, And then we kind of dive a little bit deeper, deeper, sorry, and we'll find out uh, more about what they actually do know currently and then what they have. 
So we do have a process of basically taking a financial snapshot of where someone's at. Uh, we generally break it into a couple different questions. You know, we don't want to just like jump down someone's throat with all the numbers and things like that. We want to have that kind of rapport with someone. So where are you at? What do you want that to look like? And then we'll sit down and go over what things actually look like. And then we'll create a plan for them based on that and based on what works best for them. So that's basically what we, we do with people in a nutshell. And then from there, we go set up whatever it is that they need. Cool. Well, it's like the longevity of your clients on average. Like they come in, you do your assessment, you recommend these things, you help them implement these things. Then is it like ongoing kind of evaluation? Nice. Yeah, at least an annual check-in um, because the markets are changing, mm -hmm. interest rates are changing. Depending on what funds they're in, we need to switch that around to make sure we're maximizing their their uh, gains, but also just let them see how it's doing. Like a lot that. of times, because it's not in their online banking, they're not right. going to see it, right? <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. Well, yeah. How is my money doing? I actually forgot about that. Wow, that's great. Or oh, maybe that's not as great as we thought it was going to be. Let's make some changes. And it's keeping them involved, and that's really important. Cool. Yeah. For the average Canadian, because they don't necessarily understand all the options that are available to them, what they'll go do is they'll just go into the bank and then the bank and not to, you know, bad talk banks in any way, like banks have a purpose, but we have an advice for a broker yeah. every that's, year. That's a different conversation. You can see it. That's a different conversation. Cole, maybe, Cole but, uh, our mortgage okay. correspondent is yeah. uh, chiming in. I'm actually okay with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I'll, okay. I'll, I have my opinions as well. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, banks are businesses, right? Exactly. And here's the thing when it comes, and, and a lot of people actually don't know that. Like a bank is a business. You are not their first priority. Nope. Making themselves money is their first priority. Like we can, we'll go there, let's go there. Right. And so what people will do is they'll go sit down with the bank and they'll go get put with a junior advisor who's just taught what the, the bank wants them to know to teach right. you or sell to you, right? And they get set up, like we deal with people all the time that have been set up in things that are set up incorrectly or they're in the wrong account or those kinds of things. And then they come away super frustrated, especially for me working with women. There's lots of mansplaining in the financial industry. So I get a lot of clients going, can you please help me? Can you please explain this mm -hmm. in a way that we're good with? Right. Um, where for us, people come in and we sit down and we do this process with them, but we get them involved, like Jeff said. And we really want that longevity with them because life changes. People have babies, they buy houses, stuff changes. So we want to make sure that we're there with them each step of the way. I also want them to have access to me so they can call me, they can text me, they can reach out to me. I'm there and available. They don't need to go through 50 different steps in order to come sit down with me. So, cool. yeah. Right. Yeah, I think one thing that annoys me, and I'm going to take a shot at the banks here a little bit. Go for is it. Is when you see, and we'll get into accounts a little bit more here shortly, when you see investments in accounts and they're earning like a half percent, mm -hmm. or like they're just earning yeah. Yeah. interest savings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's a TFSA or it's yeah. an RSP, and I'm like, are you kidding? Like, yeah. I, and I, as a mortgage broker, I see this all the time, and I'm like, please. Like, I can't. I have to be careful how I have those conversations because I can't conflict with what they're doing, but I sometimes have to offer some advice in terms of like, hey, there's other options available to you and this may not be the best option for you because you can earn more money on your money. Well, that's just it, right? And, and the thing that I think bugs me about it too is that if you don't have a certain amount of money sitting there in cash yeah. for them to play with, yeah. they don't they're not going to talk to you. Exactly. Yeah. They'll open an RSP and, and the one that really gets me is we had a client that had an RSP Oh, how's it doing? Let's see your rate of return. Oh, it's in cash and you're about to retire. Like literally was not invested. There was no investment. No investment. There was just, because some people think they open an account and it gets yeah. invested. It's like, no, you open the account. You haven't actually taken the steps to invest that yeah. money. That's right. So, so and you're actually losing money because yeah. with inflation, right, you're technically. Well, and especially at that point too, when you said that they're, you know, just about to pass the finish line, it's yeah. like, it's a little bit too late, unfortunately, right? Like that's. 
Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Jeff helped yeah. him, which was really cool to watch yeah. happen. But yeah, I mean, like a TFSA, for example, here's yeah. a prime example. People go into the bank, the teller tells them they should open a TFSA <laughs> because the teller gets, you know, kickback or whatever it is. They've got that certain amount, that quota that they need to meet, right? They get invested at half a percent and they think that their money is, is doing something for them. And I sit down with them, they're like, yeah, yeah, I have one with the bank. I'm like, cool, can we take a look at your statement? They're like, sure. Like, awesome, you're invested at half a percent. They're like, cool, I'm getting like 20 cents or whatever it is, yeah. I'm not, you know, joking around. And they don't understand the process that the bank is taking that money and going and investing it somewhere for themselves. It's exactly. making them 10, 11, 12, whatever it is, yeah, percentage, right. and they're just giving you that little like, thanks for, thanks for lending us your money kind exactly. of situation, and so we help people avoid that. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's one of the most common things that mm -hmm. I've seen, and I'm sure you guys have as well. So yeah, all the time. It's yeah. good to hear that there is more involvement with that. Yeah, exactly. For sure. How often? I well, I mean, when I when I reflect, and everybody has these situations. I wish I would have started sooner, and I think that's probably a tone for a lot of people. Like you know, I joke about it all the time. When my brother bought his first place, a condo in Langley was like three hundred grand. Yeah. And uh, in hindsight, I wish I would have had one of those. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Because of obviously what it's gotten to. Yes. I, I guess my question is, you know, at what point are you starting to see people reach out to you and? You know, I guess a spinoff of that is how many people are, you know, also reaching out to you saying, hey, you know, my kid is getting to 15, 16, 17 years old. I want to make sure that they're set up for success and have a plan and maybe implement with them or have you guys help with them. Like, what is the mix, I guess, of people that are coming to you for those, those different things? For me, it's low. I, I've got, um, just because of the demographic that I've been working with, but... Mm -hmm. I've got a client now that we're going to sit down next week and their kids are, one's graduating high school and one is early 20s. Nice. And so now they're saying, you know, we, I want them to, to learn. I want to make sure they're, they understand um, before they're going to move out, it's not going to be too late. So for me, that's newer, um, but it's a very cool conversation and mm -hmm. we practice with our kids. So Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. we deal with a lot of families. We help a lot of, of people because yeah. their goal and their vision is that things change with me. You know, um, but to go back to your initial question in terms of when people wish they had started, like the best time to start is, you know, of course, years ago, yesterday, but the next best time, as cliche as it sounds, is right now, it's today. Yeah. You know, and so again, it kind of goes back to that. It doesn't really matter what you've done up until this point. It matters that we can change things for you, things for you going forward. And that really is what we help people do. But we do have a, a large range of clientele from people who are younger to people who are retiring or and and then you know helping them flip their accounts over so they can retire on them that kind of stuff mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if that does that answer yeah no totally it's uh you know it, it, it's something that I'm thinking about it's like okay like how do I make sure that we're looking long term and kind of setting you know our kids up for success mm -hmm. versus like you know all the other different factors right so yeah it's just kind of food for thought and like yeah. you guys have said the sooner the better <laughs> totally yeah I need to jump oh sorry no please to jump strategy wise a little bit obviously these strategies are very different based on the different people and, and mm -hmm. kids and circumstance finances all that um, but some of the main things that people can do obviously is something like a registered education savings plan where you can take advantage of those government grants and things like that it's free money yeah, and we exactly. like free money so we'll show people how to optimize on that but we'll also show them other really cool strategies like permanent life insurance policies for kids um, I didn't know what permanent life insurance was most people I don't think the government doesn't want people to know <laughs> yeah, what permanent life insurance so. is and how you can utilize it 
And so we, we show people how to utilize it for themselves and for their kids and how that can set them up long-term. There's some really neat things that you can do for people. That's awesome. Um, I wanna, can we shift a little bit here? Yeah, yeah, please yeah, do. I wanna get a little bit into like different types of accounts. Yeah. We won't go too deep into it because we That's don't wanna good. bore anybody. <laughs> and, then, and then we're gonna come back to life insurance because yeah, I wanna sure. talk about life insurance for sure. Okay. So there's obviously there's different kinds of types of accounts. There's a tax-free savings account we've talked about, retirement accounts. There's the new first home savings account, yes. which is awesome. Um, what I want to ask you is kind of what is what strategies do you usually put put people in when it comes to these accounts in terms of like I come to you I have some savings like where where are you putting people's money first like what do you what would you advise people to do first like is it open a TFSA is it open an RSP like I know that can change depending on the person but is there a way you can generalize that somehow to kind of explain how to use those accounts sure um, very basic level um, I would always start with a TFSA okay. and the reason is especially if you haven't opened one and you're at the max contribution which is like 90 grand right now mm -hmm. that's gonna grow and you're gonna take that money out in the future for free there's no tax yeah. and so nice. if you're if you want to compare it to like an RSP both good accounts both have different uses um, if you've got a million bucks in an RSP you're gonna come out with 650 700 depending on your taxes whereas right. if you've got a million bucks in a tfsa you come out with a million bucks yeah. right so you only need for the same money you only need to put in six or grow it to 650 700 right to mm -hmm. use the same money that's in that rsp so generally i would say start with the tfsa right. get that going invest it well safely to your to your risk tolerance level and um that's what, yeah which that's that's what i would start with right and and risk tolerance will change in time, of correct? Course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing to teach people too is is when you go to the bank, they're going to say, "Well, what's your risk? What are you willing to risk when it comes to your money?" And everyone goes, "Well, I don't want any risk. <laughs> yeah, of course. Low risk, which you're not getting it. Is that half yeah. percent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Close there you go. Exactly. Right. So I like to tell people. Uh, one of our other mentors told me this. It's it's like a yo-yo on an escalator. Like, yes, it's gonna go up and down, but over time, it's still gonna go up with, right. with the markets. And I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but that's why I like to explain it, because it's a cool visual. Mm -hmm. And over time- I think we should steal that for real estate. I like yeah. that one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. real estate too, right? Yeah. 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 Jeff Nelson, quote machine. <laughs> <laughs> we will visually actually draw it for people yeah. so that they can understand, right. they can see what, what that actually looks like for themselves. Right. We also have another mentor who kind of talks about, he relates this to um, like vehicles. Most people need like an oil change. They don't need like an engine swap is kind of yeah. how he yeah. puts it, right? right. Yeah. And a lot of people do need a lot of the same things. They just don't really realize it. And of course it might change based on, again, risk tolerance and all that kind of stuff. But just basic things like that that everyone should be having and utilizing that they maybe don't or they aren't utilizing to the best of their ability. So Yeah, for sure. Since we are a real estate podcast, I'm going to grill you guys a little bit on first home savings account. Yeah. Good. So can you guys, I think that's, that's why a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> give, us, give us your insights on it, kind of like how to utilize it. Just yeah, give us some background on that. These accounts are cool. People are really excited about them. Yeah. yeah. It's a great tool for a lot of reasons. Obviously, because there's a, the RSP loan, right, where you can take it out for your first home, but you've got to pay it back. Right. Mm -hmm. And also it's capped. I think you can take it at 35000 That's right. So the first home savings account, you can put in 8,000 a year. It grows just like a tax-free savings. Mm -hmm. You can there's take the money out. Hmm? Sorry, there's a cap on it too. But 40, grand, 40 grand. 40 grand yeah. max, so yeah. a lifetime. And you've got 15 years to use it, right. whereas the other one's 15 years to pay back. Yeah. So you take it out tax-free for a home. 
Right. If you, after the 15 years, you don't end up using it, you actually can roll it over into an RRSP. Yes. And it's additional RRSP room. It doesn't use up the room you already have. Yep. So if you right. max out your RSPs every year, that can still go to your RRSP with no penalty. So which is really good. Yeah, so arguably there's no reason not to do it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 If no, you don't right. own a home and you want to own a home, if you qualify for one of these accounts, 100% you should have one. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing people don't realize is that you can, uh, when it comes to purchasing a home, you can actually do a combination. So you can actually use a TFSA, you can use the FHSA, yes. and you can still use your RRSP That's towards correct. it. So right. there's combinations, there's ways to do things. And then as advisors, we know little tips and tricks <laughs> on how to roll things different directions to really help benefit someone purchasing yeah. a home. So there's lots of really neat stuff to do with this account right now. So if you were in a position, let's say you're 16, 18, mm -hmm. 21, and let's say you're one of the few that are thinking about owning a home at that age, uh, what would you be looking at? Would you be looking at, you know, putting those funds into the first home savings account first or an RRSP or, you know, what route would you guys go for? Let Heaven forbid somebody's like 16 listening to us. <laughs> going, what do I do? If you're 16, you're just going to have to have a savings account for a couple more years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 18. When you hit 18, then you can, you can talk about these things. I think um, TFSA would be a good place to start because... Yeah. Maybe you want to take it out for school. Maybe yeah. it's not a house. And if you put it in FHSA right away, take it out for anything else, you're going to get hit with tax. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. always, general rule of thumb, TFSA is a good place to start. Okay. Not to mention, too, that there is the 15-year, like, shelf life, like, quote-unquote right. shelf life on the account. Um, so it's not going to be right for everybody. But we do, we are finding now that people are starting to have, say, grandparents that are like, well, I want to give you some money towards this or towards mm -hmm. something, where then maybe that's the stipulation is we go open the FHSA for right. them, and that's where that money goes. Because yeah. Yeah. there's grandparents with, you know, money kicking around, they don't know what to do with, and yeah, they're like, here's... Here's eight grand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they they own their million dollar homes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, bo the boomers that spent 10 grand on their place that's worth two and a half million bucks now. I think two more important uh, kind of facts on this is if you've owned a home but it was more than five years ago, you yes. can still open one of these accounts. Okay. It's a bit deceiving. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. your first home ever. It's if you've owned and and the existing account okay. here so right. easy rule of thumb as yeah well. it's weird that you yeah know. yeah but that is a really good point actually yeah. Yeah. is that the same for the home buyers plan i can't remember i think there is some stipulations about is. that too right? yeah. i don't know yeah. the timeline on it to be yeah. honest but i think it's i think similar. they're similar yeah and the other thing to to mention is like a tfsa your uh, contribution room just keeps piling up yep. right. fhsa is only this current year and previous year that's a great right. so the max you can put in one year is 16 grand yeah that's, no, it's that's not going to just keep eight, eight yeah because we had i'm going to talk about a specific situation here i won't mention anybody's names but that's exactly what we did so we made sure we opened the account last year exactly so that they could put in sixteen thousand dollars this year yep. yeah. they then went and purchased the place and then there you go and you can actually transfer money from your rsp to yes, you your first home savings account and then you avoid because you've already got the tax break for it. Mm -hmm. right. so you can't double dip on that, unfortunately. But um, Yeah, like if you have the money in your RSP and you plan on on buying a home, maybe it is to just move a little bit over there exactly. to save on the tax. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't have to pay as much back if you use home buyer's plan. Right? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. But it does have to be a direct role. Like some people have been confused on that because right. these accounts are new. Um, you have to have an advisor roll it straight from one account to the other. Right, it, it can't come out. In any way, then, yeah. that tax. then you get hit. So yeah. we help people avoid that as well. Yeah, so there's you actually. If you want to withdraw, you say no. Yeah. <laughs> no withdrawal. Just move it. Yeah. Yeah, because I went through this recently, there's actually a form that actually yeah. you fill in, and then that way you guarantee that you don't get taxed on yeah. that. So, yeah. Avoid those taxes. <laughs> <laughs> don't get taxed. Avoid all the taxes. Avoid the taxes. Legally. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're kind of going to break this one into two parts because we're, we're going the investment route and then we're also going to talk about life insurance in yeah. part two. Is there anything you guys have to add to anything, any of the accounts and everything that we've chatted about, at least in the first half? I want, actually, I want to start before you. I want you to talk a little bit about the RDSP. I was just going to say yeah. that. I was just Please do. Yes. You want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the RDSP is probably one of the most unknown accounts in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's Registered Disability Savings Plan. So, and what the few people that do understand or know about these accounts don't realize that these can be both physical and mental disabilities. Right. As well, you get reassessed at 18. So there are children who will easily qualify for these accounts who have something that allows them to qualify now mm -hmm. that at 18 they may they may not qualify anymore but their account can still exist their money can continue to compound but basically what this does is it allows for somebody parents specifically generally to save for their children for later in life because they have a disability because right. they have an impairment yeah, okay. because it's something that will stop them from having you know a quote-unquote typical life or typical job mm -hmm. and one of the coolest things about these accounts is that down uh, later in life down the road when they do actually start to utilize the account it actually doesn't take away from any of the other subsidies that they're gonna get right. where other accounts and other types of savings would actually diminish those that one won't so okay. yeah, I don't know yeah, they don't see yeah. it as the same income. So I don't know if you if you want more specifics on the account, but I'm gonna yeah, if you don't mind, I want I'm curious about like ages, like when you can stop contributing, and if there's a limit to like, so let's say you open the account at let's go past 18, let's say you yeah. open at 19, mm -hmm. is there an age that you hit where you can no longer contribute? Yes, and max contribution of 90,000 lifetime okay. is what an individual can put in. Mm -hmm. And then the government will actually match up to $3 for every dollar you're putting in. Mm -hmm. um, there is some like limitations and, and stuff, of course, but... Does that depend on the disability or like how you're assessed in terms of how much they give you? So with that, you have to qualify for the disability tax credit. There is forms and paperwork that have to come from the doctor, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and then I think it's just very dependent on the situation, how much money is being put in the account at the okay. time it's given. Okay. I think income comes into play. Mm -hmm. um, okay. When parents open it, it it's going to depend on their income. Right. And then down the road when you take it over, mm -hmm. it's your income that's going to affect this taxation. Yeah. yeah. And if, let's say you had a disability, you've had a disability for the last three years, but you didn't apply for it till this year, let's say 2024, can yep. you go back and make contributions like? Like if you retroactively? Yeah, retroactively. Thank you. Retroactively. That is a good question, and I don't know the answer. Okay. No, that's yeah. fair. I'm gonna go do some <laughs> some research. Not, I'm not trying to stump you. I've, no. I've heard, I've had people ask, not me specifically, but I've heard people talk about this, and mm -hmm. I'm wondering what the validity of that is, whether or not you can. Yeah. Because it's a government thing, I'm gonna want to say no. Because they don't want to give you money. They yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I, I'm not 100 on that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll try to find an answer, and we'll link it in the description. But yeah. I've actually never been asked that question. No, that's okay. a phenomenal question. And now I want to know the answer. Okay. <laughs> We're always yeah. learning and growing here. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Always getting better. That's that's for sure. Sweet. So as we finish part one, yeah. three takeaways from the first part of our conversation. Uh, you know, people want to get a plan together. They want to be better with their money. What should they do? One, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. Step one. Call, call Jen us. and Jeff. Reach out to Jen and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, call, you can't us, call you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to an advisor that you know and you trust, I think is number one, whether it's us or not. I mean, if you don't trust them, you're not going to open up completely and your plan's not going to be exactly what Effective. it should be. Yeah. Okay, yeah. number one. Number two, invest now um, and understand what you're invested in. And yeah. one step further, maybe invest in stuff you're interested in. Mm -hmm. 
Cool. Because then you understand the market better. That's cool. Exactly. Um, and three. This is probably a whole other podcast, but I would say yeah. if you're a married couple, start talking. Yeah. Hey, it's it's have, a, we'll have a plan. We'll talk yeah. about. Let's actually, that's a really good yeah. thing to say. Let's talk about that in part two. Sounds before good. Before we talk about life insurance, because I think those can tie in together. One hundred percent. Communication yeah. is important. Yeah. yeah. We've got some funny, <laughs> funny good stories, life insurance stories of, of couples, and uh, yes. yeah, we got okay. some stuff yeah. <laughs> for sure. Sweet. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for part one. Uh, be back next week for part two. Signing off. I'm Austin. Cody? And I'm cool. <laughs> I thought you were going to go. Flawless exit there. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys.